Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. get started on anything I want you to know I am with everybody that said the all-star game should have their team uniforms last night I don't know about you but when I saw they had these made-up crap uniforms I said "Ah!" one of the best things about the all-star game always was what the uniforms and last night's uniforms were abysmal I'm not gonna wear it out but I gotta tell you it was always fun seeing a guy in a Cubs uniform playing against a guy in a Yankees uniform, and then a shortstop was a Red Sox. I don't know. That's just what I think. Uh, Northwestern baseball. Here's my question. I want to get into Northwestern here real quick. I want to get your opinion on this. Does the athletic director survive? We seem to, in all areas, be talking about the coach. It's the coach this. He's overseeing it. Well, let me ask you a question. We saw what happened with Pat Fitzgerald. We saw what's happening here. And what's happening here is Pat Fitzgerald is getting fired, or in fact is fired, although he's fighting it. All right. But here's the deal. Pat Fitzgerald's staff is capped at Northwestern. Now, I got to ask you, explain this to me. If they had such a bad culture, and I'm I'm on football right now. I'll get the baseball in one second, but I want to talk about the AD as a whole If they had such a bad, broken culture, which is what the AD and the president said is the reason that Fitzgerald had to leave, if the culture was broken, why are the coaches still there? Why is the entire coaching staff intact? You're telling me that they didn't know? You're telling me that when uh, the offensive line coach has the entire team over to his house for dinner... They're not at least talking about certain things like this or the assistant coaches are in locker rooms. That really surprised me. That shocked me, actually. And then it is a crime, ladies and gentlemen, in the great state of Illinois to haze in on public whatever, public uh, entities. Well, guess what? Why aren't any players being charged? We'll see whether or not they are. It is still very early in the process, but this was a six-month investigation. Back to the athletic director, all right? The athletic director hired this guy, Jim Foster, bullying, abuse, toxic culture in his first season. Now, I'm not buying any of the crap. I'm not, bullying can be anything. Bullying can be, hey, Bep, you going to go play today? What do you say, Bep? What do you say there, kid? We going to play today? You know, oh, I'm hurt, coach. Hey, what do you say, kid? Let's play. Well, he bullied me. You know, verbal abuse is all crap. I don't listen to any of it. Everything's verbal abuse. The whole world is involved in verbal abuse, and I don't want to hear it. However, however, when you look at the totality of all this and you say, wait a second, hold on a second. We fired the coach because the coach was supposed to know everything going on in his program. Well, let's make it broader. Can we make it broader? Is the athletic director supposed to know what's going on in his department? 
I want to ask you because it's interesting to me. You know, one of the things that people want to always do is they always want to blame the head coach, and I'm cool with that. Hey, look, big uh, job, big responsibility. I get it all. We all understand it, okay? All right, we, we, we totally get it. We totally understand it. But you know what? Athletic director is a big job. Athletic director is a really big job. And now you've got a football coach and a baseball coach that you hire with environments that are complete crap. Derek Craig is the athletic director. He's only been here a year or two. He was smart enough. He came in and he was going to destroy it. Like he was going to really lay down the hammer. He was going to lay down the hammer here. He told Chris Collins, the basketball coach, you got to make the NCAA tournament or you're fired. He hired this guy here, this no-chinned, uh, cowardly baseball coach, to be the baseball coach who created a toxic environment. Then he fired Pat Fitzgerald. Now, I'm not saying anybody should be fired, including Fitzgerald, but I am asking questions like, why is the staff there? Why is this guy still hanging on? And why, why is Derek Craig, the AD, why isn't he in trouble? Another question. I don't want to hear from any Northwestern's players. Northwestern was pissed. The players were furious. Really? Why don't you not haze? Why don't you stop it? Why do you decide to get naked and rub on other guys? Why are you dry humping guys? Why are you having naked crawls? Why are you getting soapy at the entrance of the shower? Why, why all that? But now you're furious because the athletic director and the president, Michael Schill, didn't leave their vacations to clean up your slop, to clean up your mess? We're furious, yeah? How about the parents of some of these dudes that had to get rubbed on by some, I don't know, perverse football players at Northwestern? Now, here's why I say that. Nobody's denying that hazing didn't happen. Not one person is denying it. Not one. Six-month investigation, it happened. The only question was whether Fitzgerald knew or not. Then it became he should have known. Then public pressure came. And now you got this idiot, Jim Foster. So you got Jim Foster here, who is the baseball coach, who here's – let me give you a background on what really happens in sports. When you come in as a head coach, it is easier, easier to get nicer than it is to get tougher. You can always ease up. It's hard to toughen up. So you come in your first year, and away you go. You just, you're, hey, man, I was insane. I mean, I was absolutely insane, but it's a little bit different time, a little bit. But the but long story short, that's what this guy obviously tried to do, and now it's backfired because here's what happens. Once you have one, investiga one investigation, everything else gets investigated. I'll tell you what else is happening in the world of college athletics. College's sphincters are this big right now. Coaches' sphincters are that big. Why? Because they know there's been some hazing. They know there may be something, something somewhere that, oh, man, we got to get a handle on this. Oh, man, we got to figure this out. He directed explicit lace tirades at staff members, discouraged players from seeing the team trainer. Now, I got to tell you something about the team trainer. Team trainers that aren't full-time are awful. I had one tell me, I'm trying to get a kid, Keith McLeod, ready to play against Illinois State. Well, uh, I'm going home to my husband. I'm like, what? We're all here till 3 in the morning. Now, the team trainer, you can get my wife, Lee, on the team trainer for softball, and she'll give you 30 minutes. I ain't mad about not going to see the team trainer. I'm not doing, I'm not mad about it at all. Not, no, 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 no. 
No. And a lot of this crap is just made up crap. You yell at a player. I, I had, I've never had an HR complaint. But I literally sat there and I said, look, we shouldn't have a show from our station going on opposite in front of our boss. And this young lady, well, you don't come at me. And fortunately, one of the boss, there was three people in there. They're like, he's not coming at you. What are you talking about? He just simply gave you a suggestion. But you all young people are nuts with this. So I don't know how this AD, except for one thing, he's African-American. I'm just telling you the way the world works. This guy, Craig, African-American. That's all I'm telling you. Hard to fire. It is, and it's hard to fire a guy in one of his early years. But, but, hey, why is he exempt? You know, a lot of times these things go to the president. A lot of times the president gets the boot. I'm just telling you, this is going to be interesting. Hey, we need victims. We need more victims in this world. Did you see Dylan Mulvaney has to go to Peru because, well, she's being harassed. Larsa Pippen. A uh, former wife of no tipping Scotty Pippen is stupid Marcus Jordan, son of Michael Jordan. And she got traumatized because, well, <laughs> Michael Jordan was asking a restaurant by paparazzi, hey, do you approve of this relationship? He said, no. Oh, I didn't think it was funny. There's nothing funny about it. I was kind of embarrassed. I was like traumatized. Good. You know what? When the doctor grabs you out of your out of your mom, smacks you on the backside, you know what he doesn't say? Life's going to be easy, Larsa, wife of no tipping Pippin. You're not going to have any embarrassing moments. Everything's going to be peaches and cream. Everything's going to be beautiful. They don't say that. You know what they say? Good luck to you. Here's your first cry. There's going to be many, many more. So how about you stop embarrassing yourself? I was traumatized. Hey, I got to walk around with this face every day. This is traumatic. This is very traumatic. Are you kidding me? I'm traumatized every day. So do yourself a favor. Wear your bra in public. Let Marcus Jordan rub on your boobies. And don't worry about what daddy says. Jeez. People act like this a bit. I'm traumatized. You cry, and then it gets worse. That's it. No tipping, pipping, raise your wife better. <laughs> I think he met when they were really young. I could be wrong about that, but I do. I think they met when they were, like, really, really young. Uh, I got to ask a simple question. Look at it. Uh, make sure in every picture we show the cleavage. Larsa, wife of no tipping, pipping. Uh, has to show to Cleveland just like little college girls that are athletes have to take off their clothes to make some NIL money. The world's ridiculous. But anyway, I like it. I ain't mad about it. Jake Tapper. This is unbelievable. Jake Tapper insists he won't shy away from covering Hunter Biden after avoiding the laptop scandal in 2020. <laughs> he won't shy away. Oh, well, that's good. Is Jack Jake Tapper... Part of a bigger plot. Like, you know all these oligarchy, you know all these guys get together, and they say, hey, how are we going to influence the political landscape? You know what they do? I'll tell you what they do. They come together and they suppress stuff. They knew the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020 was real. They're just paid off to make damn sure that it doesn't influence the election, and thus... By not reporting on it, it influences the election. But here's now. 
I believe the oligarchy got together and said, look, man, we can't have this idiot as our president. We got to get him out. So now CNN, which is absolutely a part of it, has decided, hey, Jake Tapper, let's make sure we cover this. Let's make sure we're all over this. Let's make sure that we put enough out there that there's no way Joe Biden can run because what Joe Biden did was Joe Biden got excited, right? Joe Biden got happy. Joe Biden got himself a big boy job. And Joe Biden at 80-some years old, look, I don't blame him. Wear your aviators, say, man, sniff little kids, and no one's even going to come at you. I mean, you made your billions. You're 110 years old. You look like a wrinkled old washcloth on the beach. Nobody really pays attention to you or takes you seriously. But, hey, you got a job as the most powerful man in the world. So what do you care? You'll run again until you're 162. I mean, you have sucked off the teat of the American people for so long. I don't know why you'd stop now. And Jake Tamper, God bless you, baby. Good for you, baby. You've decided that you're actually going to cover the news fair and balanced. Oh, my God. Speaking of that, I put a video out today. This is not on our rundown, but I put a video out today. All these media guys are praising the Daily Northwestern. You know what the Daily Northwestern is? A student-run paper that broke the Pat Fitzgerald story. I want you to ask this question. What happens to all these guys? What happens to all these media guys once they are done with college? Do they all like go to some camp where they learn to become far-left lunatics? Is that what happens? I mean, here in Indianapolis, th- this newspaper, this student-run newspaper that you get for free every day, guess what? It's broken more stories than the entire, this is true, in the entire cult media, print media. Broken more stories than Holder, than Doyle, than Wells, than Kiefer, than the kids at the Indy Star. Think about that for a second, and you don't have to pay for it. You got to pay for all these sites. I bet it's the same in your city. I bet you none of your guys. You know why? Because all these GMs, first, one reason, number one, all these guys are sorry-ass little children that work in the print media. But the second thing is, listen to this. Everybody wants to go to Schefter to break the story because Schefter repays him. You know, he's got a bigger audience. Hey, look, I don't care. I'm just telling you the way it is. This little newspaper, this little student-run newspaper, broke a story big enough to get the most important, influential, highest-paid person in Northwestern athletics history fired. Our guy Stephen Holder's uh, worried about telling you stories about himself. Our guy Doyle's worried about telling you about his cats. Our little children at the Indy Star, I don't know. Mike, Mike Wells always tried to deflect the conversation from actual news because he didn't know anything. Now, I'm just telling you, that's the way it is. So, I don't know. It's a great shirt today. No, it is a great shirt. Thank you for that, Otter Creek. All right. Sam Ponder, you know how I feel about her. You know how I feel about her and uh, Sage Steele. Will Sam Ponder be the only, the only ESPN employee to defend Sage Steele? Megan Rapinoe blamed Dave Chappelle, Sage Steele, and Martina Navratilova for violence against trans people in an unhinged attack. Let me ask you, name me one piece of violence that Sage Steele. Now, I know you can say some stupid stuff and put some word salad together and make people believe, but name one thing that has happened uh, because Sage Steele said, you know what, Obama is, uh, you know, is really kind of white or she didn't want to get a damn shot or she said, you know, there's two sexes. I mean, I'll, be, I'll hang up and listen. You tell me, what is the one? What is it? <laughs> 
Because I don't know. I honestly don't. I, I don't know where the, where the what's it called? I, I, I don't know <laughs> where the attacks on trans people came because of these three people, but who cares? You can keep rolling the tweets. Uh, there's two courageous people at ESPN. There's two. Two. Sage Steele and Sam Piney. Where's Rex Ryan? <clears throat> I'm going to say this every month. Where are some of my friends? You know, Jay Billis has a comment on everything except for this. Why? Stephen A. Smith. Oh, man. White people get colds. Black people get pneumonia. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Well, this is a black lady. Under attack, Sage Steele. Where is he? Sage says bio males shouldn't compete in female sports, and now she's to blame for violence. It's an attempt to silence good face discussion and debate. Disagree passionately. Say she's wrong and why, but to claim she's responsible for violence is absurd. That's Sam Ponder sticking up. Where you at, Stephen A. Smith? Let's go through the big names at ESPN. Where y'all at? Where are you big name guys? Where, where all the guy, Ryan, whatever his name is, that now gets to host Sports Center. You know, the guys and gals that host Sports Center with Sage, where are you? Where's Randy Moss? Is he still crying on the air? <laughs> I mean, stop it. Where are you? I don't know. Are you guys not around? Are you girls not around? Are you off for the summer? Uh, uh, Sage hits back. Yes, yeah, Sam, it's absurd and predictable. This is what happens when people allow their emotions to get in the way of facts and science, especially when they're fighting to keep a false narrative alive. You said it best after Armour attacked you. Armour is Nancy Armour, who is just a ridiculous human being. Biology is not bigotry. No, it's true. Save women's sports, hashtag. No, it's true. Violence isn't, uh, excuse me, biology is not bigotry. And if you don't believe it, good for you. But don't be blaming things. Don't be trying to shut everybody up because of one of your ideologies. That doesn't seem right, Megan Rapinoe, but you're a horrible person and you always have been. But hey, you're married to Sue Burton. Isn't that neat? No, it's ridiculous. Let's be honest. It's absolutely absurd. And I don't understand how anybody, and I mean anybody, that works at ESPN won't stand up for Sage Steele and Sam Punter. I also don't understand because I know these guys are complete cowards. I mean, I know they're total cowards. I, I Michael Schiffman and Stephanie Drooley and all, they're complete and total cowards. I, I know they are, but that's all right. But you should encourage employees to stand with other employees if reasonable. But this is an unreasonable attack on Sage and on Sam, both from Amor and now from the clown that is Megan Rapino. So you should be encouraging, encouraging staff members of your company, of which Sam and Sage are a part of, you should be encouraging the men of ESPN to stand up, to say something, to get after it. You just should. And I don't understand why you don't. I don't understand why you won't. I don't understand. I don't. I don't get it. But that's the world we live in. Apparently, uh, dieting is hard when you are Zion Williamson and you have all the money in the world. Now, Zion Williamson actually got smart here the other day. May I tell you why? Because Zion Williamson did what you are supposed to do. Zion Williamson is invoking LeBron James. He's invoking LeBron James to say that LeBron has been an inspiration. Really? Okay. This adds fuel to my fire. All the horse bleep stuff that guys must go to a seminar to discuss. Here's the deal. 
Just stop eating, get in shape, and respect your profession. How about that? Is that so difficult? I don't think it is. A lot of people think it is. A lot of people think it's very difficult to respect your profession. I don't get that. And I don't think I'll ever understand it. I really don't. I think that if you respect your profession and you respect the fact that, as most people say, you have a very limited time frame to make all this money and establish a legacy, you better respect it. You know, we hear it all the time from athletes. I want more money because I have a short period of time to make this money. And they're not wrong. They're absolutely right. But you also only have a short amount of time to get yourself to where anybody cares about you. Like, let's be honest, what happens in the NBA is some guys start out as superstars and then they become expiring contracts. We just saw it with Chris Paul. We saw it with Carmelo Anthony at the end of his. We even saw it with Shaq. Guys just become a contract to go to another team to chase. Maybe you're just chasing. I don't know. But Zion Williamson is in his prime, and I would argue with anyone that Zion Williamson is tremendous. I would tell you that Zion Williamson, athletically, intelligently, uh, physically, is one of the best athletes that I've ever seen in my life, if not the best. But when you have no discipline, when you're ridiculous, when you're just a slob, there's nothing anybody can do for you because you don't respect yourself and you do not respect your profession, and you got to respect your profession. And if you don't respect your profession, then somebody needs to slap you around and wake you up, maybe. This is what happened with Williamson, but here's the deal. Williamson was appearing on Gilbert Arenas' podcast, and he said all the right things. I've got older people. Now, he's kind of stupid with it. He's like, well, I've got wisdom. I don't want to say older because they get insecure. What? Gives a rat's ass. You're like 22 years old. Everybody's older than you that has any wisdom. There's nobody younger than you that has any wisdom, so just stop it. But get off your ass and go to work. It's that simple. Yeah, look, eating is hard. Or not eating is hard. Getting in shape is hard. I'm a testament to it. There's nothing easy about it. Nothing. Zero zip. But damn. Seriously, it, it amazes me that People don't respect their own profession. It just does. And speaking of Zion Williamson, apparently the little hooker girl or the OnlyFans girl or the stripper girl, whatever the hell she is, girl, Mariah Mills, who went all crazy when Zion Williamson had a different baby mama, says that hoops players are blowing me up after the Zion Williamson drama. Duh. You think? Look, you got to understand, there's no honor among thieves. There's none. Zero zip. Don't even try it. There's nobody worse. Nobody worse than NBA players. And not that they're bad people, but you know what? They're young. They got more money than they've ever had, more freedom than they've ever had, more people kissing their ass than they've ever had. And of course, they've got more women hanging around them than they've ever had or ever will have. I mean, let's be honest. So, yeah, of course. But here's the thought, just a thought for you NBA players. I don't know if you paid attention, but this Mariah Mills, she shared every text message at Zion Williamson Center publicly, continually, embarrassingly. So why are you hitting her up? There are 8 million hoochie girls out there that you can go hang out with. Hell, there's some in Indy. Like, I, I could tell, I usually took a walk before my noon show if I got down there in time before I started this show, and I'd walk around, and I knew how big a game it was for the Pacers by the crowd about, I don't know, 1130 outside the Conrad Hotel where the visiting team stays. And if it was the Lakers, oh, man, the Hoochie girls came out. I mean, I think the Chicago girls traveled down, the Louisville girls traveled up. 
St. Louis girls traveled east and the Columbus, Ohio girls traveled west. Because hoochie mama, as Frank Costanza said, I think, maybe not, maybe it was George. But anyway, Zion needs to stop talking, stop eating, and you NBA players, do yourself a favor. Stay the living hell away from this Mariah Mills. Just stay away. Stop. Stop it, stupid, as we used to say. All right, John Morant, a little traction here. His assault is back in the spotlight after his good friend, listen to this, after his good friend is going to get arrested for beating up a little kid or an 18-year-old at Morant's house, Devontae Pack. See, I think every one of Morant's friends should be arrested based on what I've seen of his friends. Just arrest him for utter stupidity. That little dude sitting in the front seat while Morant has a gun should be arrested just for being a hanger-on idiot. Arrest warrant's been issued Shelby County, Tennessee. Devontae Pack, close friend of John Morant over a fight involving a teenager at the Memphis Grizzlies Stars home 2022. Joshua Holloway, now 18, accused Pack and Morant of beating him up during a pickup basketball game. Hey, look, I don't know what to tell you. But Chris Carter did say it best at a seminar, at a a rookie seminar, you got to find a guy. You got to find a guy that will take the heat for you. So it looks to me like Devontae Pack is going to be the fall guy. I'm hoping Devontae Pack gets a couple mil for his trouble here because Devontae Pack's going to have an arrest warrant. He's going to have to deal with going to jail, get booked, get out, go back. I mean, look, the one thing about jail I've been told, never been in, don't want to be in. One of my life's goals is not to be in. But one of the great things about, uh, excuse me, one of the things you got to be able to do if you're going to take one for the team is you got to make a lot of money on Because going to jail and trials and court appearances and lawyer meetings is a pain in the backside. So Devontae Pack, we shall see what we shall see, and maybe the prosecutors will press him. And maybe he'll fold. But I got to tell you, if I am John Morant, I'm saying goodbye, Devontae Pack. Goodbye, little Weasley guy in the front seat. Goodbye, all of it. And then I can do whatever I want when I'm 60. But I'm just telling you. All I'm telling you is this. All I know is stay the hell away from idiots. That's it. I've told you this before. One idiot in my life, Greg Doyle. I knew it. I distanced him, and we all saw how that ended up. One, basically, in my entire existence. A Chicago suburb <coughs> is starting to make $25,000, listen to this, in reparations payments. Yeah. I got to tell you, I would be a little pissed. I'm, I'm not paying it. I, I'm not doing it. You guys get mad at me. You call me whatever names you want. But reparations in a Chicago suburb, $25,000. First in America, pay back Evanston, which is where Northwestern is. Residents, reparations, discrimination, lack of access to housing. The city of about 75000 committed to spend $10 million over 10 years on local reparations. Expects you have distributed $25,000 each to its 140, mostly, you know, whatever. Mo- uh, forget that. Who 18 in the city when they passed a bad housing ordinance. There you go. Good for you, man. Good for everybody getting $25K. Problem to our nation's ills isn't giving people more money. It's getting people to work for their money. 
but I know I'm wrong, but that's the way I look at it. It is getting people to work for their money, and then things shall go good. Look, I am really looking forward to this next interview. Catrick and McGinnis on Sirius XM Radio. John McGinnis is freaking awesome. John McGinnis is tremendous. You know what? I never thought I would say this until I actually listened. Never thought I would say this, but I got to tell you, Golf on Radio is damn good. Golf on PGA Tour Radio is really, really good. And John McGinnis makes it really, really good. Every putt sounds exciting. Every shot is dramatic. It's tremendous. It is. It's fantastic. We'll talk to John McGinnis when we come back. Stay right here. Tweet us out. Let's get this going. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The great John McGinnis joins us, Sirius XM Golf Channel. And I got to tell you, John, I, I tell people all the time, like, hey, look, McGinnis and those guys on the Golf Channel, they make golf exciting on the freaking radio. That's like impossible, but you do it. We're just idiots. You know, my brother says it's like listening to paint dry. But, you know, (laughs) if you're in your car and you want to know what's going on in the golf tournament, we're here to help. No, you're more than that. You make it entertaining. Like, all right, I got to ask you because I, I don't know how to put this right. But you can't just say the same word all the time. Well, here the putt is online and it slides off to the left. You got to come up with 20 different ways for a guy to miss a putt, right? Do you rehearse this? Yes. <laughs> we used to. I mean, we I've been doing this since 2005 when we invented golf on the radio. So at this point, uh, it just comes out. You don't really think about it. But we used to sit around at dinner, you know, having a glass of wine and Trying to come up with another way to say that a three footer, a three footer lift out, sure. And there's some yeah. things that have that were attempted and failed miserably, uh, but we kept going. Yeah, I mean, I'm always stunned, man. He just said the same thing he said last hole, but in a different way. That's pretty good, man. That's all right. That's that's damn good. Hey, we're, we're, uh, Senate hearing, Pete. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we're just reacting. At this point, it's just reacting uh, to, to what we're seeing. And we've been reacting to I'm that Senate get... hearing. You can go ahead with the question. <laughs> hey, how uh, how good a golfer are you? I played on tour for a few years, and I'm terrible now. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is not really a body made for golf right now, let's be honest. Was back in the day, the golf body has changed. I mean, my God, Tiger Woods, that's one of the biggest influences he had, is it not? No question. No question. Uh, one of Michael Breed's favorite stats is that 25 years ago, the average foot size on the PGA Tour was nine and a half, and now it's 12 and a half. They're getting bigger, stronger, faster, all of those things. They're athletes now. We weren't athletes. We smoke and drank. 
My brother always came like, when we play golf, we, I don't smoke, but I drink. And he's like, okay, this isn't really a sport. If you can walk down the fairway, <laughs> that guy's smoking six heaters. I'm drinking 20 beers. How, come on. It's an activity, but I digress. Sure. I disagree. Uh, yeah. It's a fun debate. Uh, I think if you're getting paid what those guys are getting paid now, it's a, it's a sport. Damn right. Damn right. Uh, what's happening here? You know, the Senate is coming in. Rand Paul went on a deal yesterday. Live PGA Tour reports that Tiger and Rory were going to ask to play at 10 live events. Where, where are we going to be in six, eight, 12 months from now with this? Uh, hopefully it's behind us. That's all I can say. Uh, the fact that, that Congress has gotten involved is probably just a hurdle. Look, they're, they're, the, the simple fact is they haven't come up with a deal they've come up with the idea for a deal and now congress is involved and of course the justice department's going to get involved and they're going to tell them how to make the deal work and then they're going to structure the deal that way or they're not and they're just going to stand in the way but the fact is this congress isn't really all that effective anyway so i'm not really worried about congress they're just they're just a stumbling block where this lands, where this ends up, hopefully, is with golf in a better place. If you're into the team concept, I think you're going to like what's going to happen. If you like what you already have had for the last 50 years of professional golf, I think you're going to be happy with that, too, because I think we're going to have uh, sort of a, a, a combination of both. Uh, whether or not Rory or Tiger or those guys decide to, to be a part of what's now the live component I don't have any idea. Those are going to be individual decisions that they make. Remember, they own a, a company called Tomorrow that is creating its own team concept on Monday nights on television somewhere in an arena, and uh, they're going to have their own sort of separate entity that doesn't compete with anybody. But if they've got teams over there, are they really going to be a part of another team somewhere else? I, I don't know. I doubt it. What's a team concept in golf mean? What does that mean? I mean, right now what Liv's doing is four players play and three scores count. Uh, same thing happens in college golf. It's five players and four scores count. Uh, I, I've never really gotten the whole team concept. Uh, I certainly didn't play when I played the tour. It was every man for himself. And uh, we were playing for, for peanuts compared to what these guys are playing for. I don't think we need it. I think that this is a reaction to the success of the Ryder Cup, but so was the President's Cup. And the President's Cup is nowhere near as popular as as the Ryder Cup. So I, I don't know where we're going to go with this. I do know that there are people that are adamant about it, and they're going to fight for it. And uh turns out one of those guys has all the money. So whatever he wants is probably how it's going to end up. Well, one of those guys that has all the money, he's trying to leverage everything, including a membership to Augusta National, I saw, right? <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have a dream list, that should be on it. Right. I don't care who you are. <laughs> that was just right. a wish list. There were there were a lot of dots that didn't connect in what we heard uh, and what we found out in those uh, almost 300 pages of documents. And one of those is the PGA Tour doesn't have anything to do with the Ryder Cup other than the fact that it's players uh, play in it. And, of course, the other side wanted access to the Ryder Cup. Tor can't do anything about that. Tor can't do anything about a membership to Augusta. Uh, the, the the fact is there's a whole lot of things uh, all, all at once put into a, a, a big pile, and nothing's going to come from that. I mean, yeah, I want a membership at Augusta, too. You know how you don't get a membership at Augusta? You ask for one. 
You have to be invited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew that was coming. You know, you don't get a membership. Talk about the membership at Augusta. You ain't getting in ever, brother. No, absolutely not. It's it's a special place. It's a really cool week every year. We get to do the radio coverage. and uh, I'm just thrilled that we get to be on the property one week a year. Hey, when you when you look at the, what the upcoming Open Championship, um, I want to ask you because people always talk about this: the toughest one to win is whatever U.S. Open, whatever. Uh, how difficult is it for American players that play in the United States to go over there and play really a totally different way of golf? I had this conversation last year. Last year, I was uh, I did the uh, Scottish Open the week before on ESPN plus, And then I did uh, the British open for Sirius XM. And I talked to a lot of players asking them if they were going to change what they did, uh, you know, hit flight it down lower, uh, chase balls on the greens. And for the most part, they all said, no, we're not going to do anything differently. Tom Watson didn't do anything differently. And he won five of these things. Tiger didn't do anything uh, differently. And he won a, a few of them as well. So they're just going to play the way that they play and hope that that, uh, that works. They're going to fly the ball to the, uh, to the hole or near the hole and hope that it uh, has enough spin on it to stay. Uh, as far as uh, the international aspect of it, you know, the Americans make up uh, about 35 or 40% of that field. Uh, so the odds are usually going to be against them. Uh, I think Rory McIlroy is obviously the favorite. Uh, because he's in contention at every major. I've walked with him on the last two Sundays that he should have won majors, including in L.A. last month, and I walked with him in the final round of, of the Open Championship last year, and he didn't have a one-putt in either one of those rounds. Statistically, it'll say he had a couple of one-putts at uh, L.A., but he was actually putting from off the green uh, the first time. So uh, his ball strike has been perfect. His, his uh, putting has not been. Uh, I think he just has to make a couple of putts early on Sunday, and Roy's going to walk away with one of these. Uh, very soon. Hey, John, um, do you believe Rory was like, you know, he went through a little bit of a spell there. Do, do you think all the off-court stuff um, got to him, the live stuff, being the spokesman? You know, he called himself kind of a sacrificial lamb. I think I think not only that, uh, you know, let's, let's add to that the fact that, uh, you know, he has a very small child. Uh, you know, when, when you're young and single playing the tour, you have a lot of free time when you get rich and famous uh, and become a spokesman and a father and, and a husband and all of those things, you run completely out of time. Uh, it's like being uh, normal, like the rest of the world. Uh, and he had to figure out how to deal with all of those things. But uh, I, I think that he, he's gotten to the point now he, he's uh, doing fewer interviews at tur on tournament sites. He's concentrating more on, on playing. I think all of that is a good thing. Rory not answering questions is a bad thing because he's one of the great interviews in sports. He'll tell you exactly what he's thinking. But uh, he, he's been burned enough times for it. He's like, you know what? I, I think I'll do without this week. And he has on occasion. Uh, they're going to put microphones in his face uh, early next week, and we're going to hear some interesting things because I'm sure he was watching yesterday uh, just with bated breath like the rest of us were. Yeah, because everybody runs to him, and rightfully so. It's like when Tiger is, shows up, everybody runs to him, and 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 rightfully so. Hey, um, I do want to. Was it 
Was it Watson at 60 in the British that got the bad bounce or the big bounce on the 18th hole, 72nd yeah. hole, where he had a chance to win it? I'm 60 now, and I'm like, yeah. Boy, I was rooting for him then. Yeah. That, unfortunately for Stuart Sink, who did win that uh, that Open Championship at 09 at Turnberry, uh, it was uh, a less than popular win uh, among the, the folks there. There were maybe a dozen people there pulling for Stuart Sink. Tom Watson did get a bad break, and he should have gotten it up and down and won the golf tournament. But what he didn't, congratulations to Stuart Sink for, for you know, doing what he did in the playoff and and winning. Uh, Phil, I thought Phil winning the PGA a couple of years ago at fifty uh, was absolutely amazing as well. That that doesn't happen. Uh, that was he's the oldest man to ever win one. But then again, look at uh, look at Langer. Langer won the Senior uh, U.S. Open last week or two weeks ago. At 65, every time he wins a golf tournament, he, he's the oldest guy to ever win a golf tournament, and he's going to keep doing it. Langer, Langer and Gary Player were the two guys that I remember, man. They were ahead of the game with fitness and stretching and all that oh, stuff, I guess. Yes. And Norman was, uh, you know, the best player in the world and, and into fitness. But the thing about those guys – was they didn't do anything extraordinary in, in their game compared to the rest of the world. When Tiger came out, Tiger, I played with Tiger in his third professional event at the BC Open in Endicott, New York. And uh, on the third hole, he hit a two iron on a par five. It looked like, of course, he's laying up because he has 270 to the front. Then he flies a two iron on the front of the green and it rolls to the back fringe. And I looked at Fluff. And I can't tell you exactly the words I used, but I asked him what the was that, and he said that's our two iron. We fly at two seventy five. I was averaging two sixty eight <laughs> off the tee at the time. Uh, so, you know, Tiger did some things that the rest of the world had never seen before, and that's what got everybody going to the gym. Uh, he was the best driver of the golf ball, and he hit it fifty by the longest guys on tour. He was hitting it by John Daly the day he got out on tour in nineteen ninety six. And then from there, you know, you had the incredible short game and all of those things. And uh, we knew we had to change to beat him. And it turns out it didn't make any difference. We weren't going to beat him anyway. Hey, I'll follow up on that. We're going to see Tiger again. He looked bad last time he played in the yeah. tournament. His leg looked bad, or at least lower I, body. I certainly hope so. Uh, you know, yeah. I'd like for him to at least get to go to each of the majors and and, and say goodbye, you know, to – do, you know, Jack said goodbye at, at uh, the old course at least three times. Uh, so uh, golfers are the worst at retiring ever. Michelle, we retired from the uh, from competition last week uh, at the U.S. Open. You know who she played with in the U.S. Open? She played with Annika Sorenstam, yes. who retired 15 years yes. ago. Golfers are the worst at retiring. So if Tiger can physically play, they're going to keep playing. I swear to God, I might, we were watching, I go – I thought Michelle, we retired like five years ago and came back. And is that, the, is that, John, I said, is that Annika? I did. I thought, is that Annika Sorenstam's daughter? I, I saw the name Sorenstam. I go, what if that's her daughter? And then it turns out that both of them are playing. Yeah, she uh, won the senior uh, women's open to get in. And I mean, can't, turn, can't blame her for playing. Hey, John, have a great time down in French Lick. Larry Bird's house is a must see if, if, if somebody will tell you where um, it is. Yeah, they they keep that a pretty good secret, from what I understand. Yeah, I know where the I know where yeah, the bars do. and the casino are, though. Oh, me too. God, I like that place, brother. Have a great day. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. That 
John McGinnis, I'm telling you, he makes golf on radio great. He's a fun dude to listen to. They all are. And you can catch uh, John every week. And they've got a great podcast. Uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Catricks and McGinnis, and it's fantastic uh, on the Golf Channel. I, I think it's number 59 or 69. I mean, it's great. I, I, I listen constantly. Like, I do. Like, the uh, first button I push – when I get in the car, it's 70s on 7 because I'm old. What the hell? And maybe Brandy will come up or maybe the Raz. But then I go right to John and the PGA Tour radio to see what they got going. And I'm telling you, I've had so many of my friends go, Dan, the greatest thing you told me for a long drive is you told me about PGA Tour radio on Sirius XM. Swear to God, they're like, this. I was going to swear right there. I'm trying not to so we can monetize this. But I'm telling you. It's like the guys at the IMS Network, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The radio is the way to listen because they make the first turn uh, on the fourth lap sound exciting. John and all the guys there are freaking awesome. And I'll tell you something else. I walked inside the ropes at the BMW, and John and those guys were there a few years ago here at Crooked Stick. They're hustling, man. Holy shit, they're hustling. Anyway, I appreciate John uh, coming on the show. That's pretty good. We are uh, talking about a number of things. You know, let me ask you a question here. How does the athletic director at Northwestern hang in there? You tell me. You tell me how in the hell does the AD at Northwestern keep his job? The baseball program is under fire. The football coach has been fired. But somehow, some way, they have kept the staff. Now, I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the brightest guy. I would argue that I am the dumbest guy. But I got to tell you, if we had a bad culture on our baseball, basketball, football programs, and we got assistant coaches that have been there more than 10 minutes, I got to fire everybody if I'm firing a head coach for a broken culture. Now, things don't happen in a vacuum, and I'm sure there are ways that this was discussed, whether it was the AD, the president, different assistant coaches, totally get it. But the fact of the matter is this. If you think it is egregious enough to fire the head coach, then don't you have to fire the assistants if it's a cultural problem? Don't you have to just clean house? Don't you have to just go? I'm not kidding you. No, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Uh, you know, that's I, I, the way I look at it. Now you got the baseball program. What's the baseball program doing? First-year coach came from Army being too tough. Players are complaining. But you know what? If I were the AD, I'll tell you one thing I would not do. I would not back down to players. I would not back down to any of them. I would ask these players that reportedly were furious with the athletic director and reportedly were furious with the school president yesterday. I would say, okay, fellas, all right, let me hear from you. But let me tell you. Why did you haze? What, what's the answer? I want you to think about it. what's the answer. Well, the answer is it's part of our culture, part of our problem. Well, that's why I fired the coach. Because you can't do that. Because we made a commitment to student-athletes, student-athlete welfare, not to do that. That's what we did. So why? All right. Well, we haze because it's part of team bonding. Well, you know it's illegal in the state of Illinois. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people, at least 11 of them, have been traumatized by this and have real problems. Now, I don't know the background. There's stories that a third-string quarterback is the guy that blew the whistle on this, and it was all revenge. Maybe that's true. Possibly true. Hell, I had a former player that went to a guy, asked for $10,000, 
And he said, hey, look, I'll spill the beans on DACA. You spill whatever you want. Yeah, I cussed, swore, threw things. Yeah, I was nuts. I don't know what to tell you. But long story short, uh, I would ask the player, you're furious with me. Fine, you're mad. Good. Why'd you haze? Because nobody's denying, well, it wasn't really hazing. All right, then what would you call it? I mean, it's pretty simple questions. But these players, players just escape everything. Players don't answer for anything. And the media, is well, they're furious. Be furious. Be furious. This is an unbelievable story. I kind of get it, but the entire, you remember Aaron Hernandez? So Aaron Hernandez kills a bunch of people, goes to jail for it, then kills himself, right? All right. So Aaron Hernandez has a brother. So Aaron Hernandez's brother is mad. They live in Bristol, Bristol, Connecticut. Where's ESPN? Bristol, Connecticut. Who was all over the Aaron Hernandez case? ESPN. So Aaron Hernandez decides, okay, he makes his move, he's dead. His brother lost his damn mind. And you know what he did? Now this is however many years after the fact. That's his brother. Aaron Hernandez's brother decides it's a good idea to take a brick, write on it some gibberish. This guy actually went to college and he wrote stupid stuff on it and signed his name. So the police are like, oh, geez. All right. Let's find DJ Hernandez. DJ Hernandez, come on. You put your name on the brick. You did this. Now listen to this. So he played Division I football. He played quarterback and wide receiver at UConn. But I don't think he really, really, really studied much. Here it is. It's about time you all realize, R-E-A-L, real, E-Y-E-S, the effect media has on all family members. Since you're a worldwide leader, maybe you can lead how media and messages are delivered brick by brick. Now, we all mix up effect and effect, right? Realize is awesome. R-E-A-L-E-Y-E-S. So, all right, so he, he, he throws a brick at the building. In August, he had cut a deal to plead guilty to one count of failure to drive in the proper lane, one count of failure to use a turn signal, I don't know. Paid 100 bucks. prosecutors dropped the reckless driving and engaging police in a pursuit, all right? Took the police on a little police chase, but then he missed a court date, so now he's going to jail. But that's not the good stuff. The good stuff is throwing a brick at ESPN. I hope you all realize, oh, really? Okay. He threw a brick at the headquarters. Now, what you got to understand about ESPN, there's 14 buildings there. There's 14 buildings at ESPN. 14, one four. All right. Security guard to get in. You can throw a brick at anything you want. There's like 100. You may be throwing brick at, I don't know, a content center, the Mexican part, the, the written part, the right. You may throw a brick at, maybe the, I don't think the president of ESPN is there, but what the hell? Throw a brick at it? You know. Stupid. The cafeteria. Ah, oh, we hit the cafeteria. We showed them. Clean it up. All right. Okay. If that's what you think, I, I get it. 
But I'm not really down with that. I'm not really down at all with anything Hernandez or anything Epstein or anything with all these clowns. But there they are. And I swear to God, I swear to God, everybody in Bristol looks like these guys. They all do. They do. Like, people said to me, hey, are you surprised Aaron Hernandez is from Bristol? I said, no. Because when, you know, I, I, I swear, people will say, I guarantee you, they're saying, I saw DJ Hernandez somewhere. I guarantee it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> ESPN is dictating, since we're talking about ESPN, an entire week. An entire week of programming dedicated to Madden ratings. Now. If you ever question, and you shouldn't at this point, you should not question at this point, ladies and gentlemen, at all how popular the NFL is. The ESPN is smart. They've always been smart. They're going to play the hits. What are the hits? Brett Favre when he was going through his thing. LeBron James, Tiger Woods, Aaron Rodgers, Mike Tyson when he was doing stuff, Michael Vick stuff. They're going to play the hits, and they got a zillion people in that headquarters that maybe got hit by a brick. There's researchers, there's directors, all these people, and they always come up with what's the most popular. A friend of mine said, whenever you see a trade involving a big-name guy, let's just take Russell Westbrook, ESPN is always going to talk about going to L.A., New York, Chicago, Dallas. Why? Because they want those markets to tune in. They're always going to do that. Playing the hits is smart. Very, very smart. Ratings week. Madden ratings week. Madden ratings and reveals and debate. How about that? There you go. For Madden. A video game. That, ladies and gentlemen, I ain't even mad about. Because you know what? You're going to watch. They're going to get big time ratings for this. It's smart. Why? Because it's the NFL. You could put the NFL on every day. Call the show NFL Live. Oh, wait, they do. And it'll be highly popular. You can have slaps like the Big Wagoo or whatever the hell these guys' names are. And guess what? It'll be popular. Why? Because of three letters. NFL. We are in love with the NFL, and it is not going to stop anytime soon. And if you think it is, you're nuts. I'm mad at the NFL. They're suspending players for gambling. They're hypocritical. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, good. Uh, you're going to watch the Chiefs take on the Eagles? Yeah, oh yeah. God, yeah, hell yeah. You're going to bet the... Uh, You're going to bet the over-under? What do you like for season totals? That's what we think about the NFL, and you all know this. Everybody knows this. Baby mama drama, all right? This is why I love Anthony Edwards. I love Anthony Edwards, the star. Now I love him. I didn't really care about him before because he said with his girlfriend and his dog, you ain't getting my money. Well, let me tell you something. That girlfriend becomes a wife. You're making a lot of money, right? Well, you know what happens, don't you? You get divorced. Let me tell you what Kevin Costner, the star of Yellowstone, is paying per month, per month, $129,000 in monthly payments. Thoughts and prayers, Kevin Costner. $130K a month. I'm going to say that again. A month. 
130K a month. Now, you know why women are handing off bags of sperm from athletes? 130K a month. Where else is anybody making 130K a month? Let me give you a hint. They're not. Charlie Arnold is going to join us next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You've seen her, you know her, you love her. She is, ladies and gentlemen, the newest star here at Outkick, Charlie Arnold. Nice enough to take a few minutes and join us. Hey, you know what? I'm, you worked at ESPN. I was there 10 years. I got to tell you, I'm disappointed in my colleagues at ESPN, particularly the men of ESPN. Not one of them has stood up for Sage Steele and Sam Ponder. I'm a little pissed about it. I am. I wish I could say I expected them to, but I don't. It's just... Everyone's so scared over there about saying the wrong thing, stepping on the wrong toes, losing their jobs, especially after, you know, the bloodbath we saw last week. Everyone just wants to keep them to themselves, especially at this very point in time. But, yeah, it's just disgusting. I mean, listen, even just, I don't know, I feel more pissed off at the women, honestly, because I feel like. I don't know. I, I just I think this is like a right now, like the time that women need to band together uh, over this particular issue specifically. Uh, I think that women are the ones who are losing their opportunities and are the ones that are losing their space that was created specifically for them. So I don't know. I feel more offended that more women haven't stood up in defense of Sage and Sam. So I, but then again. I say the same thing about the men that I would say about the women. I wouldn't expect anyone over there to say a word about it. I mean, it's just, that's just how it is. You knew from working there. I know from working there, people just, you feel like you're handcuffed. You know, it's, it's not a a forum for free speech unless, you know, you're one of a couple people over there. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, you're exactly right. And I'm, I'm with you on the women. It, if I were the head of ESPN, why would I be upset? And, and I know what you're saying is absolutely right. But I was thinking about it last night. I've talked about this for a while, and I've talked to Stage at, or Sage at different times. But, yeah. hell, I would, want my peop- I, I would want my people to stand up with my, my other people, with their colleagues, particularly when being attacked by an outside entity, Nancy Amore or now mm-hmm. Megan Rapino. I would want people to stand with my colleagues. Yeah, well, there's a lot of guys over there, too, who you know have daughters. There's a lot of men over there with daughters who I'm sure if their daughters were put into this situation, they would feel sickened. And I would hope in that regard they would say something. But then again, you don't know. I mean, some people are really just worried about their public image and care about nothing less. So 
I would hope that they would, you know, take a, a greater stand, but you know, if they're not going to take a stand for these women that they've known for years and really respect and trust and value their opinions of, um, it would be hard to sit on set. I believe if I was Sam or Sage alongside these guys or women, uh, who haven't said a word in your defense, even though everybody knows that they're right. That's exactly right. No, it really is. And you're sitting there with Rex Ryan or you're sitting there with Randy Moss or, you know, whomever. And you're like, okay, fellas, uh, you know, yeah. right, well, what are you going to do? I guess there's nothing you can do. I mean, you just, you know, maybe you understand it and you move along and you listen, I'm happy that at least take care of yourself. Yeah. I'm happy. I think Sage and Sam both knew when they decided to speak up that their opinion wasn't going to be popular, especially among the crowd that they're rolling with. Uh, but they did it because they knew it was right and they weren't looking for validation from other people. So I think still at this point in time, even though it's kind of crappy that they don't have the support that they should be getting, they weren't expecting it in the first place. They knew how this was going to go down. So they're probably just content with, you know, their ability to speak out and keep their jobs. Right. <laughs> no, you're probably right. You know, I, you know, I know Sa uh, uh, Sage has a lot of financial obligations internal internally with her family. So you got to keep the gig. Yeah. Hey, uh, what did you think of Rapino coming at Martina Navratilova, Dave Chappelle and, and Sage? I mean, the biggest the, the the biggest comedic relief I got from all of this was hearing that she was retiring <laughs> after right, making right. these statements, you know, oh, we should allow trans athletes, but I'm actually going to be leaving the game. So once they come into the space, I will no longer be here, but let them all in. It's for the best. It's the best thing for the sport. Uh, I just thought that was the funniest part of it all. It's because it's like, OK, well, if you want to lead this brigade and you really want to fight for this cause that you clearly believe so passionately and stick around right be the poster child for what women can do when they're playing against men why not uh but i don't know dan it's just to point the finger and say comedy is to blame for violence against trans people it's comedy is comedy they make fun of absolutely everybody i would hope if i was sitting in the front row of a comedy show they would make fun of me for whatever reason they can think of uh, because that is their job. And I just think uh, M Megan is looking for any excuse to. Um, she's looking for any excuse she can to validate what she's saying, even though I'm sure she also realizes it's wrong. Otherwise, I don't think she'd be walking from, away from the game the same time that she's making these statements. She clearly just wants to keep her name in the headlines. I've said this forever. There's a lot of money in being a little bit older. Uh, and doing commercials like we've seen Barkley and we've seen Shaq. Uh, mm -hmm. we, it, it, it's like, it, you know, it's like if she's smart, and I'm guessing she is, uh, she's going to do that. And then she'll have a voice because she will be on the right side of the media, the right side of ad agencies, the right side of DEI and all the numbers that you got to have as a yeah. company. You know, she's, she'll be on the right side of all that, right? Absolutely. Right. And, you know, especially it's just, it's very interesting her stance given that she was one of the, pioneers in fighting for equal pay, equal exposure, the same rights as men on the, you know, on the men's, on the men's team. Uh, so it's, you know, you, you can't have both. No, you can't. No, but, but, you know, you want them all. So when, when you, when you go through all of this, Riley Gaines is sitting here now, she's joining our network, which is awesome. I know how amazing is that? But she's, yeah, she's fighting back, um, but, and she rips Rapino. but let me ask you, 
It comes down many times, not to truth. It comes down to platform. You think yeah. there's any chance? Because now, here we go again, right? The national women's national team is going to be honored at the ESPY, so we got to listen to all their BS where Peyton Hillis saves two people and he's not honored for courage. It comes down to size of platform, does it not? Size of platform in terms of? Well, in terms of whether or not you're going to be able to change the narrative. Like, Riley's smarter than anybody. Riley goes in oh, front right. of Congress, but she doesn't have the platform that Rapino and these guys yeah. are going to have. Well, that's the thing, and, and, I, and I've said this a few times. I think if Riley wasn't a swimmer and she was maybe a basketball player or a, a sport that got more national attention, swimming is probably close to the bottom of the list of sports that people truly care about watching. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true, right? Uh, swimming doesn't get headlines. It's not covered by the mainstream sports media. Uh, you rarely hear about swimming. So I think if this was a situation in which Riley – was playing for a collegiate basketball team, then this would have been, the uproar would have been massive and more and more people would be talking about it day by day because Riley speaks out about it on a very regular basis and she constantly proves the greatest of points. I mean, you can't prove a better point than having experienced it firsthand and that's what Riley has taken us through. Uh, she has such wisdom um, and such you know, uh, just insights, but people just aren't hearing her the way that they would if this was on a, on a bigger platform, like you were just saying. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's just a little bit tough. I got to ask you the question I'm asking you every week, walk me through anything, anything uh, to Zuckerberg and uh, Musk <laughs> going at it. Are we, are we, are we advancing anywhere? Cause this is something I want to see by the end of the summer. Well, I saw Israel Adesanya was training with Mark Zuckerberg the other day. So I don't know if that know. was just a for fun type thing. Like they were just kind of getting some time in the gym together, rolling around on the mats, or if this was an official training session. Uh, but I really like Israel Adesanya. So I hope he wasn't training Mark Zuckerberg because I want him to train Elon Musk. <laughs> I want everyone to train Elon Musk. <laughs> um, so, so that's where I hope this goes. But you know, there are bigger headlines uh, right now that that are going on that I, I saw Elon Musk inserted himself into yesterday, which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, well, let me ask you a question. A lot of people have varying opinions on Elon Musk. A lot of people are mad at Elon Musk. A lot of people are happy with Elon Musk. A lot of th people think Twitter is going to hell. A lot of people are jumping on threads. What's your take on Musk? I think Elon Musk is one of the smartest men to ever walk this earth. I it, People, I don't think, realize... It's not that he bought Twitter so he could be a Mark Zuckerberg and own a social platform and just get notoriety. Mark Elon Musk has bigger plans in mind. You know, he wants to put people on Mars. He wants to save the world from killing itself, essentially. Um, he bought Twitter to preserve free, free speech because he realizes once free speech is lost, that's the end of democracy. That's the end of it for us. So it's not it's it's Elon Musk has such different motives in mind from from any of these other billionaires that you see. So I have a lot of respect for him. Yeah, I do, too. And, you know, one of the things that I, I personally for shows like ours, I got disappointed in his way. He changed Twitter. It's more difficult to find us. Now, I don't know if that's him or, you know, different algorithms, but. You know, when I look at Musk, I say, all right, you can criticize him all you want. You can be mad at him all you want. But the dude is a far-thinking guy, and our country has been built on far-thinking individuals going back to when people first came over here, for crying out loud. 
Yeah, yeah, he's... I think Twitter is great. I don't think Threads, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's new invention. First of all, he's going to get the crap suit out of him by Elon Musk. And I have to imagine Elon Musk is going to win because it was a complete ripoff job. But additionally, you saw and right away when Threads launched, they already started censoring people left and right. I mean, there was so many instances. I had some friends of mine who were already putting out, you know, their warning labels that were being placed on their accounts. So that that doesn't you didn't do anything. If all you're doing is creating another platform to censor, then then you've achieved nothing. And that's not an accomplishment to brag about. So I don't think I'm, I actually, I use threads. I'm actually, let me rephrase. I'm upset. I signed up for threads in the first place because now I've supported Mark Zuckerberg's quest to censor even further. Uh, but a lot of people signed up for threads. Cause I think also in our business, you want to keep up with the social trends and this is just the latest of them, but I don't think Threads is going to last. I think that he's building it on a lie and just kind of like we saw with Twitter, people got sick of it. So I think we should all boycott Threads. Let's let's all do it and then go to Twitter and show our support for Elon Musk. You know, one of the things that happened, I want your opinion before I let you go, Northwestern fires their football coach. We got a hazing. We got... I will tell you this. I don't get the whole thing with dudes in locker rooms doing naked crawls or whatever the hell they're doing. I, it's just something that was like, I, I don't get You're not it. into that? Um, not really. I mean, I never have been. Like, thank God. I always say I'm so glad that I played for the coaches that I did because that was – I think Coach Knight would have beheaded us if anybody was acting that kind of idiotic. I don't know. You know, you fire the coach, but – Damn, at some point, aren't the players the ones that made the decision to go ahead and do it? I don't know. I'm all over the place on it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's weird. It's just like a weird thing to want to put your teammates through that because I I would feel like as men, you would want to prove like your masculinity and you'd want to, oh, we're big, tough guys. You know, you're playing on the same team as them. Like you, you, these are the people you have to look at every day and share a locker room with and, you know, put your trust into and, and dedicate your pretty much your lives to right. Sports takes up your entire life in college. So I just don't understand why you would want to put your teammates through something as embarrassing as that, because then it reflects back on you. And, you know, once it got released, like it did uh, now, the whole team just looks silly. So whether or not you were the hazy or the hazer, you all look the same now. And that's stupid and disgusting. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I always thought to myself, like, you know, if I, if I had a business in a Northwestern grad football player, shoot, I'd hire him in a second. Now I'd look at him like, hey, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Like, what, what's going on with you? You know what I mean? I, that's how I would look at him. I hate that, but I would. Yeah. Yeah. I know that that was not a good look. It was, you know, I can't really tell you what people are into these days, um, but <laughs> We're seeing some trends here. That's all I know. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, when I read it, I, I, I did skim the parts, and then a very prominent football coach called me about two nights ago and goes, hey, Dan, when you were coaching, did you have naked crawls? Did You, you know, he's laughing at me because I've been ripping it on Twitter. And I'm like, no, you clown. What do you, you know, I mean, I just don't. I don't, I don't get it. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it either. There's some. I, I just don't. I, yeah, it's almost like, well, all right, let me ask you this. So if you're out here going, yeah, I understand. Oh, sure, I get why they did it. Then you're an idiot too. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why anyone, how anyone could get why they did it. 
That would be, that would probably just be looping yourself into admitting that you also do naked crawls or whatever the hell they're <laughs> Right. Right. I mean, oh man. Anyway, I have a great day. Have a great week. And thank Can you I tell you what on. I'm about to go do? Yeah. yeah I'm about yeah. to go. I'm about to go be far right and work out. Oh, that is far right. Uh, it's very let far me tell right. you what I did. Can I tell you what I did on Sunday? Incredibly yeah. far right. Yeah. My wife and I and the child, one of our kids that was home, we went to church. That's oh. right. And had Dan. a family meal. Dan. We're lunatics. Stop. Stop. It's That's too much. You've taken it too far. Exercising is one thing, but having a meal with your family, that's, I can't, I, I can't. I have to, I have to go now. <laughs> I know. It's too far right. It's alt-right or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. See you later. Yeah. Yeah, that's Charlie Arnold. Look, yeah, if you go work out, if you go to church, if you hang with the nuclear family, then you're a white nationalist. You're a proud boy. You're an insurrectionist. Man, think about the world we live in. Did you know Dylan Mulvaney had to leave and go to Peru? Oh, man, Dylan Mulvaney, she, he, it, them, whatever the hell she is, uh, didn't feel safe in the United States after the backlash. Really? Really? So because of her act as a woman, dude, whatever the hell she's acting like, she had enough money to go fly to Peru. For me to fly to Peru, I'd have to, like, DoorDash for six months. This is one of my favorite segments coming up right here. What the hell Wednesday? Because my boys, my boys. My boys don't mess around. My boys give it to you. My boys give it to you good. My boys will let you know. I think my wife's bringing me a diaper. No, she's not. But anyway, <laughs> they bring the goods. Give me the one of the what the hell Wednesdays. Lee, take a look at this. You're gonna, you're, you probably will like this. Number one on the hit parade, what the hell Wednesday, coming up right here. Have a look. Come here. You got to have a look. No, you're not us. No. Let's see. If, if that dog pees on that phone, that would be one of the greatest things ever. If that dog lifts his right leg right there while this idiot, you know, Lee was watching that and she said a very simple question. Why? 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 Why film yourself? You, you, you're, you're a fat guy. And who's filming? Is this staged? That's the bigger question, Dylan and Ryan and Nick. Is this staged? Like, who's filming this? You just come in the house. Hey, I'm coming in the house and I'm going to do tricks on my scoot or my skateboard. Watch me and and I'm filming it too. And now you busted up your left shoulder. Like if that wasn't a fat guy, it'd been all right. But that's just some fat guy. Who's next? Let me see. I love these. I love these. Where did that start? Uh, feel free to jump on the air, one of you guys, and tell me what you think the goal here was. Was the goal here to jump into the tree? Oh, how are you not dead? 
They've watched too many cartoons. Yeah, too many jackass shows. Yep. How are you not just dead here? A thousand ways to die. Yeah. That's it. What do we think we're doing here? Yeah, I don't think there was a plan there either, Nick. I don't think. Look at this. What What are you doing? Like, I'm going to jump out of a third floor belt. I'll tell you what scares me when I have a party at my house. So I have a swimming pool. It's not very big, but it's a swimming pool. And then there's a balcony that overlooks the swimming pool. It's a back deck. And I'm so scared because it looks so inviting to jump off, go up on the rail, and jump off the back deck into the pool. Now, the pool at most is like five and a half feet, something like that. It's, you know, it's not a – I'm not sitting here with a, you know, Olympic-sized Tiger Woods, Tom Brady crib. I got a little pool. But it is in ground, so that's good. But so, like, jumping off of stuff is inviting to people. It is. It's inviting. It's like, hey, look, I think I can make it into the pool, or I think I can make it and jump into the tree and get down. Watch me. I saw it on Jackass. I saw it in the movies. No! Let's go go to the next one. Holy cow. That couldn't have been a plan there. It's in his head. It's in your forehead. Take it out of your forehead. Oh! Stupid! And this mentally deranged Charles Manson, young Charles Manson-looking dude, doesn't even seem phased because to put your hand on a dartboard like that, you've got to be so hammered or so stupid that you don't even know where you're at. And this guy, watch this. He gets hit in the head and doesn't even flinch. He doesn't even flinch. It's not like, ah, crap, you hit me in the head. No flinching. (laughs) I don't know about you. I've been in bars. I've had a lot to drink in bars sometimes. I have. I'm not going to lie to you. Particularly when I was just out of college, we'd go to Milan's. There was a dartboard. There was there was a ski ball or whatever you called it, and we'd play poker in the back for hours and hours and hours. But the truth of the matter is, at no point in my existence did I ever stand in front of a dartboard and put my hand. I don't know what that is in my ear, but it keeps popping. Uh, at no point did I ever stand in front of a dartboard. At one, no point did I ever put my hand in there. Jeez. All right, what else we got? That's just dumb. Oh, he's always in bad. He's off. Looking good. Looking. Step. Pull your feet in. Oh, 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 man. Oh. Is he right? No way. Yeah. This is awesome. Now, this is tremendous. This can't be easy. This cannot be easy. This guy rolling down the stair, this cannot be easy. You got to have a core, I think. I do. I think you got to have a core. And now here comes the car. Oh! Holy Hades. Wow. Look at that. My God. You know, you're sitting there. So the other day, I got a story for you. So the other day, 
Fourth of July, actually second or whatever of July, whatever the weekend was, we're sitting in my sister's house, her husband, Bobby, they live on the beach in Northwest Indiana. I told Tegan, I said, hey, Tegan, I'll give you a hundred bucks if within 15 minutes you can leave this chair on a deck, run all the way and go down, swim out to the buoy and come back. Now, look, the buoy, it was not rough at all. It was very smooth. It was very calm. There's no riptide. But when she did it, I'm like, oh, this is a bad move. This is a terrible move. This is a really, really bad move. Because she got halfway out there, and I'm like, oh, no. No, 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 no. Like these guys, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, she did it in like eight minutes, so I had to give her 100 bucks. We call it the occasional $100 challenge in my family. This is what these guys are feeling right here. As soon as they see, right now they're cool. Like she went running down there and we're like, all right, go Tegan. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, that's getting away from us a little bit. All right. Oh no, here comes a car. That's how I was thinking. Oh no, it gets deep by the, oh, man. All right. Is there, is that the last one? Or we got one more. As soon as you do stuff. Oh, yeah. crush you good, eh? Oh. oh. That's just stupid. We know this is stupid. Right there. Right on his head. Fafo underscore TV. Fafo decided he was going to go cray cray. Boom. Down goes dummy. Down goes dummy. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that's tremendous. Look, I love these things. I think it is my favorite. I do. I think it's my favorite. Uh, do we have one more? Is that it? I think that's it, right? If not, you guys are getting hazard pay for having to go through all these. But Fafo underscore TV. It sounded like it was in Canada because somebody dropped an eh. Eh. Uh, NFL and NFL films, ladies and gentlemen, they have selected the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 to serve as this year's team on hard knocks. The Jets report to camp one week from today. By the way, happy birthday to my brother, Tom. Today is his birthday, so we're going to go out to dinner tonight and have a good time. My brother is my idol. My brother is uh, doing really good things in our home area of the state of Indiana, Northwest Indiana. He's doing awesome stuff. So happy birthday to my brother. But next week when the Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets report with Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson, I would assume Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson as the lead story, it is official. We all kind of knew it and we've talked about it. But it is official, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is official. The Jets will be the team sentenced to hard knocks. And you know what? As hard as it was to find a team for hard knocks and as hard as it was for NFL and NFL films to find a team for hard knocks, their toes are tapping like the NFL usually is because they got the absolute perfect team. I honestly, I thought about it. I don't know that you can come up with a better team. I really don't. You may have some idiot on some team, but I don't think you can come up with a better team than the Jets. Aaron Rodgers sells, baby. Play the hits. That's what ESPN does, and Aaron Rodgers is one of the hits. He just is.
Good for them. All right, we'll be right back. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, the great Riley Gaines has joined our OutKick team. I got a little video for you every Wednesday. A new podcast will drop. One's already out there. She'll drop another one today. Here we go. And we would have um, East German athletes turning up to things like even like the Olympics. And we'd never, ever seen them before. And they would literally arrive and smash world records. They looked and sounded like, you know, very masculine. They had deep voices, very large Adam Apple, bad skin. Um, through no fault of their own. You know, I've never had a problem with these individuals. They were pawns of a horrible system. The people I have a big problem with is the IOC. And they allowed this to happen for 20 years. You know, they even had East German doctors sitting on international doping panels. So every time we came up with a way to try and catch them, they would find a way to, to you know, avoid being caught. We'll be right back. Um, and this was allowed to go on for two here. decades. So we you imagine the number of don't females that me missed and out. You don't However, miss it. Stay those tuned. females only missed out at international competitions and they predominantly missed out in swimming, track and field, and rowing. What we've got now is 10 times worse because this is happening across every single sport, at every single level, in every single country. You know, so even things like parkrun in this country, which is a social event that happens at the weekend, women every single weekend in the UK are losing their course records to people who self-identify as women. Males that are self-identifying, ticking a box online, and we're losing dozens of records every weekend there you go riley Gaines. you got to save women's sports and i'm a proud proud member of the riley Gaines community ladies and gentlemen i don't know if this is on our script i don't think it is but you see riley Gaines for girls premieres this wednesday and it will be every single wednesday right here on the outkick network as we continue to grow and grow and grow and develop. Uh, Megan Rapino, going back to her real quick, she announced yesterday, my retirement will help United States women's team focus. 
Okay there, sweetie. Obviously, I'm 38 years old, not going to be playing forever. It just always feels weird to me to have something settled and feel at peace and not answer a question honestly. I kind of wanted to have that for myself. I think it allows me to focus a lot more, allows the team. We don't get questions every time, every single game. Yes, Riley, we are really, 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 really sad to see your sorry ass go as you continue to be a fraud. I don't care what you tell me. She's a fraud. All of a sudden, you're coming out and saying boys should be able to play with girls because your ass is gone. That's it. Don't at me. Uh, Kirby Smart has a little bit of a problem. Kirby Smart, <laughs> Kirby Smart, he may be the next guy. I think, I think there's always been a saying. Well, I know there's always been a saying in the college coaching community. You know, Indiana fired Bob Knight. They'll fire you. You can almost replace that with Northwestern fired Pat Fitzgerald. They'll fire you. Uh, Kirby Smart needs to be very, very careful. He has had a couple deaths on his watch. Not necessarily that he caused, but within his program from speeding, there's been all kinds of things. Last week, a freshman outside linebacker, uh, Samuel M. Pemba, was ticketed for driving 88 and a 55. It occurred an hour before Marcus Ramsey, John Saint, Jack Saint, drove 90 in a 45. There you go. It's 11 traffic-related moving violation since January 15th when offensive lineman Devin Willick Staff member Chandler, Chandler LaCroix were killed in a wreck in which police allege LaCroix's SUV was racing a car being driven by former defensive tackle Jalen Carter. All right, there you go. LaCroix uh, was drunk as hell, 0.197 alcohol content. Some recruiting girl out with a football player getting hammered, driving a car 100 miles an hour. Uh, I, and, and look, don't expect athletes to learn. I've said this before, and I always say this. I always use Magic Johnson as an example. People say, well, they had a death there. How are all these guys going so fast? Athletes don't care. Magic Johnson says he was having sex with women and got AIDS. Now, he wasn't. There's way more than that, but that's all right. That's his life, not mine. And everybody said, well... This will stop athletes from one-night stands. This will stop athletes from having unprotected sex. No, it didn't. It did maybe for a day. And then everybody went about their business. So understand that about most people in society, not just athletes. Understand that, hey, look, just because this happened here and common sense tells me that I maybe should learn from that, don't think for a second that that's actually happening in athletics. And it's certainly not happening at the University of Georgia, all kind of different people can do whatever they would like and make excuses or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, University of Georgia doesn't slow this stuff down, and I mean that literally and figuratively. That coach is going to have a prop. It just is. Northwestern will fire Pat uh, Fitzgerald. They'll fire smart anywhere. They'll fire you. Got to be very, 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 very careful with that. Elvin Kamara, ladies and gentlemen. Elvin Kamara, he of the brutal fight in Vegas. Look, I, I'm just going to tell you right now, I got no interest in going to Vegas. Some guy barricaded himself in the Caesars Palace room yesterday, started throwing stuff out on the street, had a woman in there, wouldn't let her out. The whole world is insane right now. I don't want to go to Vegas. You know what you see in Vegas more than any other place in the world? The thigh tattoo. The thigh tattoo runs Vegas. No, it really does. 
Hoochie girl, too small a dress, short skirt, thigh tattoo, holding a big drink in her hand. I was there for just a little bit, and I got to tell you, I'd seen enough. I'd seen all the thigh tattoos that I ever wanted to see. I'd seen all the gross, uh, big old blobby guys and girls. I've heard, listen to all the women cussing, big brawl the other day in the wind. I don't need Vegas. I'll go to Horseshoe Racing and Casino right here, get my casino experience, go to the track, have a couple beers, nice steak. It's a pretty good night. But Elvin Kamara decides that, well, I'm going to go beat the hell because, well, I'm an idiot football player and my buddies are with me, so we're going to beat the hell out of somebody that dissed us, man. Man, he disrespected me. Shut up. Shut the living hell up. What have any of these guys done to be so respected? that nobody can look at him wrong. Alvin Kamara. So he pled no contest. He got a plea agreement. Now we'll see what the NFL does. If Alvin Kamara is smart, he'll start claiming racism right now about the NFL, just to put it in everybody's mind. That way they'll reduce the sentence. Oh, wait a second. That's the NBA. Uh, I also haven't understood this. I've not seen where Jalen Rose has come out and said racism is what cost him his gig. Bomani Jones did. We're waiting for Jalen Rose to come out with the R word, and it should be any, 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 any time soon. All right, let's go to another thing. I believe this. $240 million or $450 million is enough. You paid Dame, Damian Lillard enough. Him bring you a championship, a couple good playoff series. But Joe Cronin, who is the general manager of the Portland Trailblazers, said this. Hey, look, we're going to be patient about trading Damian Lillard. If it takes months, it takes months. What are you going to do? He's right. He's smart. Look, let's be honest. The Portland Trailblazers don't owe Damian Lillard a damn thing. They don't owe him anything. Nothing. Zero. Zip. Nada. They've paid his salary. They've paid him when he's hurt. They've paid him when they've lost. They've paid him. You don't owe him nothing, so you got a commodity. Maybe a once in a generation commodity, but a commodity nonetheless that people want, supply, demand, all that kind of stuff. And you wait. You don't give in to public pressure. You get the deal that you want. You do. And good for them. A lot of people are on this guy Cronin's ass because they're saying, well, you know, I don't know. You got to, you know, he did a lot for Portland. What exactly did Damian Lillard do for Portland? Did he clean up Chaz? Was Chaz Portland or was Chaz the other place? I don't know. He didn't clean up Chaz. Remember Chaz? Oh, man. You do not want your general manager at all, not even a little bit, giving in to idiots. Hey, uh, we're going to go back to a couple lead stories. Larsa Pippen, the ex-wife of Scotty Pippen, got traumatized. Oh, we get so traumatized. We get so traumatized in this world when somebody says something, and all Michael Jordan said was no. And that traumatized uh, old tits out Pippen. It did. I don't think it was funny at all. When asked about his relationship, Michael Jordan's son, Marcus, a guy on the left side right, when asked about the relationship of Marcus with uh, boobs out Larsa Pippen, Michael Jordan simply said no. Nope, he didn't like it. Larson, I didn't think it was funny. Nothing funny about it. I was kind of embarrassed. I was like traumatized. 
course, Marcus says, well, that's how we are as a family. We talk that ish. It fuels us. What exactly does it fuel you to do, Marcus? I'd be curious. What exactly have you been doing? Like, what, what, what is your job? Now, I hate for the Jordan fellas to become like the Kardashians and be famous because they had a famous father. A lot of you, a lot of you forget that Robert Kardashian was one of the jury or trial lawyers for O.J. Simpson when O.J. got off. Now, he wasn't Johnny Cochran, but he was certainly there. He was a figure because he had kind of the skunk hair, and everybody really kind of liked Robert Kardashian. He was a L.A. figurehead. So his daughters, because of Robert Kardashian, become famous for doing nothing. Now, I don't know what the Jordan fellas do. I'm sure it's very important. I'm sure it involves the Jumpman brand. I'm sure it involves sponging off pops. But Marcus Jordan said, well, we're driven by trash talk. All his dad said was, do you approve of this now? And I'm trying up. Put them out there. Come on, Larsa. Lead with your lips and lead with the rack, baby. There you go, Larsa. She looks like a Kardashian. (laughs) Oh, man, I got to tell you. I got to tell you, there's some funny, funny stuff in this world. And Larsa Pippen and Michael Jordan, that is one of the complete funniest. Uh, Adam Silver will not commit to saying a sovereign wealth fund, i.e. the Saudis, will never own an NBA team. Why will Adam Silver not commit to saying that? Well, we know Adam Silver is the most chicken blank of all of the commissioners. We know Adam Silver doesn't want to offend anybody because, well, his DEI score may go down or some corporation, Richard Lapchick, may get mad at him. But look, he is not saying he's hum. Why is he hum on it? Isn't it mum? I think it's mum. Or am I missing it? Did I miss something? Is it hum? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I got to tell you, he's hum on it. All right. Okay. I don't care. But the Saudis, the Saudis are going to be here. I don't think they're going to own a football team. But uh, major, our NBA team, oh, hell yeah, why not? But I will say this. You want to hear a racism cry? LeBron James doesn't get a team. You mark my words. What's today? July 12, 2023. You mark my words. Mum. He's mum, not hum. When you're mum, that means you don't say anything. Look it up. I took 30 days to a more powerful vocabulary. I did. My mother and father were teachers. I got a decent vocabulary. Not great. I'm still a D's, Dem, and Dozers. But hey, I don't want to tell you. Are you hum or your mom? Where's your mom? I don't know. <laughs> man, I got to tell you also, there are very few people that I don't have uh, respect for. And I think this guy's one of them. One of my problems is when I don't respect you, I can't stop going at you. I just can't. That's why you hear me talk about that uh, crazy-ass professor, Greg Doyle, every day. I mean, I just can't. I can't stop. When I don't respect who you are, I just, I just go at you. Uh, Otter Creek thinks we might see the Dubai Colts. I don't know, man. I tell you this, though. We all know money talks. What is Jumpman? Jumpman is the Jordan brand. Jumpman, when he does all that, yeah. 
Dave Schnell, when seeing Larsa Pippen, asks if her tires are inflated. Do those things come with a valve? Like you just... <laughs> uh, Kevin Wolf and Pastor Man, there was a few girlfriends my mom didn't approve of, but never said anything until it was over because she wanted me to learn a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. You're right. You want to learn a lesson, there it is. I think we'd all agree. Sometimes you got to learn a lesson. Now, that's not what you're supposed to do in the modern world. You're not supposed to learn lessons, but I got to tell you. I wonder how close Jordan and his kids are. Well, that's what we do. We trash talk. Okay. It fuels us. Oh, okay. We're uber competitive. I don't remember either Jordan's son being uber competitive. I don't. Hey, by the way, update on Larry Nasser. He of being stabbed. Uh, Larry Nasser's in stable condition. He got stabbed multiple times. Yeah, I don't know where I stand with this. Part of me is like, ah, it's horrible. The other part of me is poetic justice. I don't know. I'm not such a redneck tough guy that I'm just like, good, man. Good. He should get stabbed. Nah, that's not my thing. It really isn't. Is it yours? I don't know. Uh, it, it, I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. No, I really don't. I mean, a lot of people do, and I don't blame you. You got to do you. I don't get all emotionally involved in that kind of stuff. All right, last thing before we go to Wokadope, and I'm going to recap the top story, at least in my mind. Does the Northwestern AD, Daryl Craig, does he, does he survive not only his football program, having to fire a coach with a broken culture, but now he's on the wrong side of the media because, as we all know, if you don't acquiesce to crybaby, uh, hazing-ass players, if you don't do it and you don't rush home from your vacation because, oh, I don't know, players are going around naked hazing each other, but if you don't, then you are the bad guy. So, ladies and gentlemen, so guess what? So the athletic director, he seems like he's going to survive all this. Jim Foster, the baseball coach, he got a problem. Bullying, abuse, I don't buy any of that crap. Bullying can be anything. No, it can't. You know, and people can, I don't know. You yelled at me, that's bullying. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I don't, I really don't know. Northwestern found sufficient evidence for this clown that Foster engaged in bullying, abusive behavior. He allegedly made an inappropriate comment regarding a female staff member, spoke negatively about his staff to other staff members. Yeah, what do you want me to do? I mean, you know. Uh, they went 10-40. and 40. Several longtime assistant coaches left the program in the first few weeks. 16 players entered a portal. Who cares? Six players met with Craig and others in the athletic department. I'll tell you a story. When I was at Bowling Green my first year, we had a recruit on campus. His name was Trent Jackson. He was transferring from Ohio State. We showed up at practice. He was in my office. I go, hey, we're going to go to practice. I, I, I didn't hear any squeaking. The players had boycotted me. I was too mean. I was too mean. So they boycotted. I said, all right, it was the day before a game. We had a game against Ohio U the next day. I waited, I waited, and all of a sudden they called. I said, they want to meet at 6. I said, no problem. I'd already had the football team ready to go. Because they had physicals. We were going to get beat. Uh, some kids showed up. Anyway, long story short, I walk into the meeting. These guys thought they had me, so all I did was simply pass out transfer papers. So here you go, 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 here you go. Apparently I'm not for you, so let's just let you get the hell out of here. 
And one of the kids piped up. No, that's not what it's about, Coach. They go, no, it is to me. We had practice today. You're on scholarship. You didn't show. Long story short, had a nice meeting. Next thing you know, we beat Ohio University. That same group of kids ended up winning a MAC championship first time since 1983 at Bowling Green. And I'd take a bullet for any of them. Some left, so what? But the idea is simple. In your first year, you can always toughen up. I don't care about long-time assistance leading. There's a reason they had to hire a new coach. There's a reason the previous program was off. So I don't know what bullying is. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I know there's a line you don't cross. Uh, I don't. Verbal abuse is always one when somebody gets yelled, hey, get over that. That's verbal abuse. You could tell me nicely. No, I try. It's like the story I have where a parent said I swore too much. I go, come on in here. And there was a little area in the entrance to the locker room where players couldn't see. And it was before practice, and this parent's son was dropping F-bombs, MF-bombs, and everything else. I go, look, I'm just trying to speak to your kid the manner with which you taught him to speak. The parent was very embarrassed. So anyway, you know what I mean? I mean, it just is what it is. Andre Drummond, he uh, big numbers against the Pacers, former great player, wonders if his bad attitude didn't cost him millions. Really? You, run, you wonder that, huh? Good for you, Andre Drummond. You know, I try to tell people, we got to listen to you while you play. Like Frank Kaminsky, Jordan Bohan, and all these little kids. Yeah, I got to listen to them while they play. And then once they're done playing, I don't hear from them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care about them. I mean, I say it all the time to my son. Look, understand that, you know, you're important to a lot of people while you're playing, but the minute you're done, no one wants to hear from you. So figure out a way to get it back to where people want to hear from you. Seriously. All these guys are so important. Now, all of a sudden, Andre Drummond, I wonder if my bad attitude cost me a million. Really? Nah, no way, man. You're great. <laughs> uh, to be pouting on a bench, making faces, not cheering your blanking teammates on when you're down eight, come back, go up three. You're not celebrating that. I'm going to tell you something, fellas. I was that guy, 100 million guy. I was pouting. I was upset when I wasn't playing. I had a bad attitude. I went from 100 million to the league minimum. Really? <laughs> really, you think? I guarantee you only, oh, I don't know, probably 50 people told that idiot to quit pouting, to quit doing that. But you know what? He's smart, and now he's an OG. Good for him. Good for him. All right, woke and dope me, baby. Dopa woke up. Woke a dopa. Thought I'd be more happy now that Trump is out of the office. I feel a bit empty. Be patient. They will tell us who to hate soon. Boy, is that true. You know, one thing I really, really liked about the Donald Trump regime is that no longer do our Democrat friends, do our liberal friends even try to hide the fact that they have always been frauds, that they have always, or excuse me, never been the least tolerant. You know what I'm saying? Never, ever, ever have these people been tolerant of anything other than their own way. Uh, you know what? We all knew. We did. Everybody knew. Who didn't know? But now they don't even hide it. Now they just hate. Whoever they can hate, they hate. I hate you, Dockage. You're this. You're that. All right. Okay. But that's what they're going to do. They're going to teach you how to hate. They also want to teach you. You know, I call that part the Ellen DeGeneres thing. Seems so happy, but you know, just god-awful. Horrendous. 
All these folks are god-awful and horrendous behind the scenes. I guarantee you Megan Rapinoe has treated people like crap her whole life. As soon as she got a little popular, promise you she has. There's not a media person in the world that is going to talk about it. I guarantee, I can look in her eyes and tell you that. What else we got? Man, am I handsome today with a tan. I'm not going to lie to you. I look good in this shirt. When the media says I shouldn't go see Sound of Freedom, well, now I'm going. Sound of Freedom is basically criticizing or exposing, man, I don't understand this. You know what? Children being exploited. And somehow, some way, the clowns in our, I don't know, on our left, our friends on the left, don't want it. They don't want you to see it. Why not? Elk, Quan. It's for Quan. I don't know what that means. How about we stop child trafficking? How about we do whatever we can? California just made it easier to traffic. California just made sentences lighter. They're coming for our kids, and I've been talking about this for I don't even know how long. I don't give a damn if you're transgender, gay, straight, bi, tri, whatever the hell you are. Stay away from kids. Let kids be kids. I'm just saying, let kids be kids. It's not that hard. And stop trying to sell them for sex and make the crime for anybody selling children for sex, life in jail, or beheading in the town square. Gotta start ending this stuff. What are we doing? What else we got woking and doping? You'll own nothing, and you'll be happy. I mean, not right, not wrong. Seriously, not wrong. I mean, that's the thing that we want, right? In fact, I'm trying to buy everything I can. Serious business. I'm buying my, my mother-in-law's house. I'm buying into golf course. I'm buying, I don't have a lot of money, but I'm buying everything I can. Serious business. Hey, before we go, shout out to my brother-in-law, Donnie. My brother-in-law, Donnie, was going to a restaurant, meet a friend, all of a sudden a horrific car wreck. He said, you know what? I don't know what I was doing. I just walked across. People were standing around, literally walking in circles. He said, I went up to, uh, look, one of the ladies was dead. The other guy wasn't breathing, but I, he got chest pumps and he got the back guy back to life. This is in the middle of downtown Toledo somewhere, and it was the other day. Shout out to my brother-in-law, Donnie, but hey, let's celebrate the women's national soccer team because they filed a lawsuit. Yeah! Let's do that, people. That's the way we ought to hit it. I mean, if the national women's soccer team can file another lawsuit, yeah, did Lars's parents sell her? I'd be very embarrassed if she was my daughter. I'd love her, but my heart would be broken. That's my man, Van Pasterman. That's exactly right. You love her. You want to love her, but your heart will be broken. Dylan and Nick, thank you guys so much. Ryan, fantastic. All of you that are here, I have got to go to the bathroom bad. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>